Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Coming up later, how heavy rain can be bad news for the River Vare. But first, one of the main threats to our rare chalk streams river, the Vare, is the amount of groundwater diverted from its sources to our taps. High water use in St Albans is a long-standing problem, but Affinity Water are hoping to tackle the issue with a new scheme, Get Water Fit. Affinity Water Director Jake Rigg joins me to explain more. Jake, thank you for joining me. So Affinity is a company that provides water. I mean, presumably your profits are higher if we use more water and your shareholders will do better if we spend more on water. How come you're campaigning for us to use less water? Yeah, really good question. Uh, and, and thanks for having me on the show, Amanda. Absolutely right. It's rather surprising to hear a company asking people to use less of its product, to sell less of its product. But that's absolutely what we're doing. And that's because we abstract from groundwater uh, to provide water, particularly in the St. Albans area and the Ver Valley. And that impacts on the River Ver itself. And the River Ver, for people, people who aren't aware, is one of about 225 chalk streams in the world. That makes it 10 times rarer than a coral reef really, really important ecosystem and habitat. And by doing that, it, you know, it, is, it has been damaged and it has been damaged historically. We're looking to do a lot about that ourselves by moving abstraction. And in fact, only two weeks ago, we committed as a company to ending unsustainable abstraction from areas like the River Ver. But to be able to do that, and obviously we're going to have to move water from further and further away, and we already move water down from places like Grafham. And the more we do that, obviously the more energy that takes to do that, pumping water is heavy, pumping it uphill quite literally in in my colleagues' jobs. So we need people to use less. And it might be really surprising to some people in St. Albans that actually in St. Albans, it's one of the highest usage areas in the whole country. And in effect, people are using per day 10 litres more than the national average. So even just the average, not towns that are really, really water efficient, so where lower water usage is, so people are using over 150 litres a day. So has, has lockdown made any difference to our water usage with us all been at home? Definitely. And, and, and part of that's a really good reason. People washing their hands a lot more, hopefully, and uh, making sure that we, we all do our bit in terms of helping to try and stop spread the virus and washing our hands more. But actually what we've seen is really clearly that when there's hot weather or other things that normally cause people to use more water, people are using a lot, lot more water than they normally would. Of course, in a town like St Albans, and a lot of people commute into other towns or indeed central London. Water usage has fallen off a cliff in central London because people haven't been there and it's gone up massively in areas where people commute into big cities. So it has gone up a lot and the spikes of water usage have got much, much bigger, probably increased by about nearly 10%. So you've got a, a new scheme the get fit water campaign what are you hoping to achieve with this yeah so in particular in st albans and we're starting this in st albans working with an organization called get water fit we're trying to ask people to use 10 liters of water per day less per person there are loads of different ways in which you can do that and what the website does is if you go on www getwaterfit.co.uk. You sign up, you ask you a couple of questions about how you use water and what kind of devices you have in your homes, whether you have dual flush toilets, whether you have water efficient shower, things like that. And then it allows you to take a few challenges, really easy challenges. And then in particular, 
it then allows you to do two things. It allows you to get advice on installing particular really simple devices. I've got them in my own home, things like a water efficient shower head. And those things have been around for a long time, but I think the quality of the products through this, through Get Water Fit, are better than, than historically. And they will be sent to you for free if you sign up for those. The other thing it allows you to do is kind of coins or tokens, which we will match. So the more water saving that people do, we will donate more money to local charities. Which is, which is obviously really good. So, so not only do you benefit by saving money off your water bill if you've got a meter, planet benefits in terms of lower carbon emissions, and I'll come on to that in a second, and you benefit the local environment because the less water people use at the moment, the less water we need to abstract, which impacts the river there. And you can get a choice of charities, that, 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 local charities that you want to donate money to. So you touched there on the effect of water use on climate change. Could you just briefly tell us the connection there? So one of the things that most people don't realise, and actually central government could probably look at this a bit more as well, is that one of the biggest components of individuals' carbon emissions is actually their water usage. So one, if you're using a lot of water in a shower, because your shower is not particularly efficient, you're heating that water. So your boiler at home is probably burning fossil fuels to heat that water. So the, the more water you're using, the more water you're heating. But also, obviously, there's the underlying thing of, of pumping water a long, long way is very energy intensive and therefore there's a carbon footprint in doing that so the more water you use the more carbon emissions you're having we've committed that by 2030 we will be as a company as of all the water companies in the uk have committed to going net zero on carbon by 2030 20 years ahead of the government's um, legislative timetable but nonetheless at the moment water is a major component of anyone's uh, domestic kind of carbon footprint so it's really important if we use less water we can really cut our carbon emissions Okay, well, that, that's good to know. I mean, one thing that I wanted to ask you about, Jake, was the, this thing about the recent research showing the enormous amount of water wasted by supposedly water-saving dual-flush toilets um, when they leak, and, and, you know, they often do. So apparently they waste about 400 litres of water per day. I mean, could this be where our seemingly extravagant water use comes from, in St. Thomas? Have you changed your advice on the type of toilets we should have um, as a result? I mean, absolutely. They use a huge amount of water and there's a real problem there. The new design of these dual flush loos, if they're not correctly installed or correctly maintained, um, can leak a huge amount of water. And as part of Get Water Fit, what you can do is you can sign up to have either a visit or a virtual visit given coronavirus. And it gives you information about how you can spot whether or not you've got a leaky loo because it's virtually impossible. You wouldn't really see it with a sort of naked human eye. Then they're actually really easy to fix. I mean, I am no plumber. I think it's fair to say, Amanda, and I've managed to replace our dual flush loo at home in terms of the actual uh, valve recently myself so it's really easy to do or we can send people to be able to do that for you or talk it through with you we're trying to do with get water fit is make it a little bit easier to help people use less water okay now people are bound to say well it's all very well you asking us to use less water but how about you using less water? The Sunday Times reported last September that Affinity Water was fined £8 million in July 2019 for failing to meet your leaks target for two consecutive years. What are you doing about this? Absolutely really good challenge and, and completely right. So last year, we actually hit our leakage target. Water industry has five yearly targets. And we had the most demanding leakage target of, of all the companies, 14% reduction. We got to a 15% reduction in leakage. 
and outperformed on our target across that five-year period. We did miss it for those two years. We've picked that back up and we've actually caught back up, but we've got a huge amount more to do. It's our ambition to get to really low levels of leakage by 2030. So actually to put that in context, by 2030, we're looking to get to the same volume of leakage as Hong Kong, which are one of the one of the leaders in the world. And then we want to go even beyond that by 2040. And I know some people will say, well, hang on a sec, Jake, I see leaks in the streets. We really are trying to clamp down on it. We're really trying to use very sophisticated cutting edge technology, be that machine learning and artificial intelligence on the one hand, which is being deployed to find leaks um, that, pe- that are beneath the ground that people can't see, or indeed something I'm uh, involved in very heavily myself with the only water company doing this at the moment, looking at quantum technology to actually be able to see through the ground. My ops colleagues, my uh, the guys who are out on the road that you see in the orange jackets say to me, well, Jake, the problem, problem we have with leakage is that we can't see through the ground. Say, well, Actually, we might be able to help you there. Some really hot off the shelf kind of technology being developed in physics departments and UK universities around, uh, particularly the University of Birmingham. We're partnering with them to do that. So absolutely right. We've got to do our bit. Um, but but then all, all we're asking people to do is a little bit on top of that to be able to, and in fact, use less of the product we sell to, to really help m- move everything forward so we can all use water sustainably. How long is this project lasting, running for, Jake? So we're sort of working with St Albans and, 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 and the surrounding district first, um, try and become a sort of get water fit city. Um, and then we're going to be rolling that out across our um, across Hertfordshire and across South Buckinghamshire and, uh, and, uh, and into Kent and, and, and the other bits of our supply area um, over, over, over the next, uh, next year. But that's going to be something that we're going to really accelerate and, uh, and, and, and keep doing. Um, because we we we've we've got to get water usage down and 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 get rid of those leaky loos and and other bits of wastage and then keep it down and help people keep it down. Excellent, Jake. Thank you very much indeed for coming and explaining that to us. So remember, head to getwaterfit.co.uk for all of that free help Jake was telling us about. And it won't have escaped your notice that it's been a bit wet recently. The paths around Verulamium Lake have been flooded and London Marathon runners ran through foot-deep water down the Alban Way. Well, not great for marathon runners, but surely this, at least, is great news for the River Ver. Or is it? I spoke to John Pritchard of the Ver Valley Society to find out more. Hi, John. Thank you very much indeed for joining me today. So whenever I've talked to you um, previously, you've been bemoaning low flow rates in the River Vera and hoping for higher rainfalls. How, you know, we've got that. What's the problem? Well, it's, it's, great, to have, it's great to have rainfall from our point of view, although it's, it's all coming at once, uh, indicative of, of, of climate change. We had, um, in August, we had the, the, the wettest August day on record since 1853, Rotham said, Tell us on the 16th of August, and um, here we are in early October. In the first three days of October, we've already had the whole month's rainfall, uh, mostly, I think, on the on October, Friday, October the 2nd. So um, all of that water arriving in one go is is, is not good for, for the river at all, uh, mostly because it comes straight off the streets uh, and straight into the river and brings with it a whole bunch of um, pollutants which, which which kill off the things that live in the river and turn it a nasty grey colour if you happen to be walking through Verulamian Park in particular. Um, so, so, John, so I was going to say, John, so, you know, surely this isn't a novel problem. You know, water must always have, you know, run off fields and woods or whatever and wash lots of mud into the rivers like the Ver. It must be quite a, a natural phenomenon. Doesn't the river recover from this? Well, yeah, the river the rivers are looking a lot better 
um, a week after the heavy rain, that's for sure the water clears, but it's that sudden influx of, um, of road runoff, the heavy metals that it, that it brings in from, from brake dust um, and the plastic pollution, the microplastics that come in. I mean, not only can it cause a, a crash in the oxygen levels very quickly, so it's not very good for fish, um, but things like copper and so on, uh, metals like copper are not good for, for all the insects that live in the river, that are the basis of the food chain and the ecology of the chalk stream. Okay. Um, so so the, the kind of pollution that you're talking about here is not natural pollution. And how about the plastics that you were talking about? Where do these microplastics come from? Well, the majority actually come from car tyres because car tyres aren't made exclusively of rubber. In fact, a very high percentage of, of um, tyres are made of is plastic. So as we drive along and the tyres wear down, there are there's small plastic particles that, that wash, off the, wash off the river, wash off the roads, I should say, and, um, and, and, and quite often straight into the river. Okay. And, and, and as you say, actually, we know that microplastics are, are harmful to a lot of the things at the bottom of the food chain, which, uh, which must be essential for all the rest of the, of the life in rivers like the Vare. So it's obviously a problem then, John, but is there a solution? Um, well, there is, there is some, some solution. I mean, I go back to the, to, the, to the problem, really, in terms of the Ver. First of all, we have a huge amount of water that flows off, you wouldn't believe it, but off the M1, up near Junction 9, straight into the River Red. Um, so there are some um, suds. Oh, sorry, John, and the River Red is the river, a tributary of the Ver at Redbourne. It it's a very small tributary, um, less than a kilometre long, um, carries the water across Redbourne Common um, and into the Ver. Um, just south of Redbourne, and the uh, the M the M1, obviously at Junction Nine, um, there are some sustainable drainage systems there, so some large settlement ponds which should take out the worst of the nasties, um, but they don't cope all of the time. Some of them have probably been there, I think, since the uh, motorway was built in the late nineteen fifties. Um, others are a bit more modern, but there's a, a huge increase in the amount of water that flows into the Red and straight into the Ver immediately after after heavy rain. Um, and there are one or two other good um, hidden hotspots. Uh, one of the worst is, is um, behind the Waffle House, Frith Mead, um, into the old mill stream there, which flows into the Ver. Uh, most of the Batchwood area uh, drains straight off the roads and the pavements into, into that um, into that old mill stream uh, and makes it look like a very full river when you drive along Blue House Hill, but it's actually full of, of road runoff. Right. Okay. And 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 actually, the I'm going to say proper that the water for the river there, it, it, the, the the proper water for it, this comes from deep in the ground in the chalk. It doesn't come from rain directly. It, well, yes, it comes from rain that fell on the Chilterns probably three or four months ago, uh, and it's clear and pure. And in fact, luckily, um, the water that flows into the Red mostly settles out before it gets to St Albans in the sort of boggy area near Redbourneberry Mill. Um, and so the water that flows in from Gorhambury into St Albans is usually crystal clear. Um, then when it rains, uh, it's joined by all this runoff from the, from the city uh, and, uh, and turns a nasty colour and carries all these pollutants and leaves them on the bottom of the river, uh, including, including flowing into the, uh, into the lake. Okay. So it sounds as if you'd like to see more of these um, sustainable um, drainage systems, um, which would allow the water that comes off roads to, to soak into the ground and then perhaps it's find its way into the river by soaking through the ground and, and all the pollution's been taken out of it um, beforehand. That would be, that would be a, a great solution. I mean, as far as 
um, the motorway is concerned, there are actually budgets available from Highways England if you can knock on the right door. So we might be able to do something about it on a you know, major uh, major project basis. Um, we're hoping that the revitalising the, the, the River Ver campaign through the park might be able to uh, be adjusted to take into account some of this because it's, it's right in the project area. So that would be another step forward. Um, and we're also hoping that people themselves would think twice about tarmacking or bricking their drives completely so that the water doesn't run off um, into the road and into the river immediately, but, but can get into the ground and soak away. Indeed. Well, that sounds like a good, uh, a good tip, something that we can all think about. John, thank you very much for explaining that problem to us. And in further Chalkstream news, the St Albans MP Daisy Cooper joined the first meeting of the all-party parliamentary group for Chalkstreams, was attended by 20 MPs and pledged to improve water quality and reduce abstraction from Chalkstream rivers. It's all happening for chalk streams because on Friday, Environment Minister Rebecca Powell will be hosting a chalk stream summit at which she will be asking industry and government agency leaders to highlight what they have done to protect and improve the state of chalk stream rivers um, following their commitments made one year ago and to commit to a national chalk streams action plan. It's always good to hear from you. Get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore environment. Check out our Facebook page or drop me a line on amanda at radioverulam.com with your ideas or comments about the shows. I'll be back at the same time next week when I'll be talking to council leader Chris White about the council's plans to tackle climate change. Until then, thanks for listening.